One of the key people to understanding the deep state is a guy by the name of Carol Quigley. Now, this is a guy who was close to the deep state all his life, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about what he himself said about that very soon. But you really can't uh, understand all these different pieces and organizations without knowing the revelations that we have from Carol Quigley. Uh, he taught at Princeton. He taught at Harvard, uh, you know, two formerly great uh, Christian universities that were hijacked by the deep state and turned against America, turned against Christianity and against freedom. Uh, he eventually landed at Georgetown University, where he became an extremely important and very prominent professor, taught a very important course. Uh, listen to Bill Clinton talking about the impact that Carol Quigley had on his life at a 1992 uh, DNC. Now, remember, Clinton, of course, was the former uh, president of the United States, a good friend of the uh, pedophile, child-raping, sex trafficker uh, Jeffrey Epstein, who, of course, was uh, crucial to the deep state as well. He was part of the chairman's circle of the Council on Foreign Relations. And, of course, Bill Clinton is a guy who sold out the United States uh, to communist China in exchange for some illegal campaign contributions uh, from the Communist Chinese Party. Also, of course, he was accused of raping multiple women. Listen to what he had to say about the influence of Carol Quigley on his life. And then, as a student at Georgetown, I heard that call clarified by a professor named Carol Quigley. So Carol Quigley obviously was an important guy, influenced Bill Clinton. He worked as a consultant to the Department of Defense and all kinds of different agencies. And uh, he wrote two books that were absolutely explosive to the max. Uh, I've actually got one of them here. It's called uh, Tragedy and Hope, A History of the World in Our Time. And uh, it's actually a very boring read, most of it. You know, it's, uh, it's a lot of just very drab, kind of boring, you know, history of civilizations and things like that. Uh, but then as you read it, you realize there's like these nuclear bombshells buried within it uh, that you can pull out just so important to understanding what's really going on here because you, you have an, uh, the perspective here of somebody who's been so close to the deep state talking about uh, what's going on here. And so one of the things he says in the book, um, and I quote, there does exist and has existed for a generation an international Anglophile network which operates to some extent in the way that the radical right believes the communists act. Did you get that? This international network operates kind of like the right believes communists operate. Then he goes on to say, uh, Carol Quigley, this is another direct quote, in fact, this network, which we may identify as the roundtable groups, has no aversion to cooperating with the communists or any other group and frequently does so. All right, guys. All right, now, is, is all that sinking in? This is huge. This is an enormous revelation. Uh, we've actually talked about this on this program here, Behind the Deep State, and it's very well documented. I've got another book here called uh, Wall Street and the Bolshevik Revolution. It's written by Anthony Sutton. You can see it here. Phenomenal book. Anthony Sutton is uh, probably one of the most important historians, uh, certainly of the 20th century, uh, maybe of American history. And uh, he exposed, uh, you know, the, uh, the Skull and Bones Society. And in this book here, he exposes how globalist deep state insiders on Wall Street in New York uh, financed the rise of the mass-murdering Bolshevik terror machine that enslaved Russia and uh, ultimately several other, well, many other nations. Um, incredibly important to understanding this. And uh, Quigley knew about this network. He actually told us why. So here's his words explaining his relationship to these people. He says, I know of the operation of this network because I have studied it for 20 years and was permitted for two years in the early 1960s to examine its papers and secret records. Okay, so this is a guy who was given access 
to some of the documentation, some of the papers of the deep state. You know, you can't get much closer than that. And he says, he goes on to say, I have no aversion to it or to most of its aims and have for much of my life been close to it and to many of its instruments. I have objected both in the past and recently to a few of its policies. But in general, my chief difference of opinion is that it wishes to remain unknown. And I believe its role in history is significant enough to be known. So he's dropping bombshell after bombshell here. He talks about this secret network that tries to stay behind the scenes, that doesn't want to be known, that has played a massive role in the history, not just of the United States, but of the world, has cooperated with the mass murdering communists. Uh, you know, there's some evidence that he may have had a change of heart later in life, that he may have realized that these people were actually all uh, evil, maniacal, uh, you know, maybe even diabolical. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's uh, neither here nor there. History's a little bit muddy here, so we'll leave that out. But um, we got so much information on this from uh, uh, from Carol Quigley. He he points out that some of the key leaders of these round of this roundtable group that he talks about were uh, Cecil Rhodes, of course, who was funded by the Rothschild dynasty, one of the most important families involved in the deep state, uh, and later Lord Milner, another crucial deep state operative who kind of ran this operation until about the mid 1920s, according to Carol Quigley. Uh, he explains that this roundtable group operates through front groups uh, in the United States, in Britain, and in other parts of the world. Uh, in the U.S., the front group that he mentions is the Council on Foreign Relations. We've done an entire uh, video on this Council on Foreign Relations. You should go back and watch it. Uh, we've also got in the United Kingdom the Royal Institute for International Affairs, which is the sister organization to the CFR. Uh, of course, um, these are both uh, deep state organizations to the core. They both dominate policymaking, especially foreign policy in the United States and the U.K., and um, just to give you a quick sense of how powerful the Council on Foreign Relations is, I just want to show two real quick quick uh, clips, and you'll see why we showed these two in a moment. Uh, first, I'm going to show you Hillary Clinton while she was serving as Secretary of as while well, she was serving as Secretary of State to the uh, Barack Hussein Obama presidency. Uh, this is what she said in a speech at the CFR. Check this out. Thank you very much, um, Richard, and I am delighted to be here in these new headquarters. Um, I have been often to, uh, I guess, the mothership in New York City, uh, but it's good to have an outpost of the council right here down the street from the State Department. Uh, we get a lot of advice from the council, so this will mean I won't have as far to go to uh, be told uh, what we should be doing and uh, how uh, we should uh, think about the future. So by Hillary Clinton's own admission, these people tell her what she should be doing and how she should be thinking about the future. You think that's influence? All right. Uh, now we have a video of, uh, I call him Darth Vader. Really, it's uh, Dick Cheney, uh, supposedly a Republican, right, uh, talking at the CFR. Check this out. It's good to be back at the Council on Foreign Relations. As uh, Pete mentioned, I've been a member for a long time and was actually a director for some period of time. I never mentioned that when I was campaigning for re-election back home in Wyoming. Okay, guys, are you starting to see how this works? <laughs> um, you know, here we're, we're being led to think that it's all about, oh, if we just elect enough Republicans, we'll save America. Right. Well, it's not that simple, is it? Uh, other members of the CFR, you know, entire foreign policy leadership 
going back decades, going back generations. Uh, Fox News, the parent company of Fox News, News Corporation, the parent company of the Wall Street Journal of the New York Compost, uh, is actually a corporate member of the Council on Foreign Relations, along with uh, you know Goldman Sachs and the big pharmaceutical companies and military industrial companies, the big media, you know, on and on and on, right? They're all involved in this front group, which uh, Carol Quigley reveals is just a front for the roundtable groups, uh, secret society created by uh, Cecil Rhodes and the people who were backing him. And we just saw Hillary Clinton and Dick Cheney, ostensibly from competing parties, uh, both joined at the hip with this subversive organization called the Council on Foreign Relations. Well, I want to show you this, clip, this uh, quote. It also comes from the book Tragedy and Hope by Carol Quigley. He says, and I quote, the argument that the two parties should represent opposed ideals and policies, one perhaps of the right and the other of the left, is a foolish idea acceptable only to the doctrinaire and academic thinkers. Instead, the two parties should be almost identical so that the American people can throw the rascals out at any election without leading to any profound or extreme shifts in policy. This is on page 1,247, 1,248. Are you getting this now, guys? So they, they might bicker on TV. Oh, we should have a 1% higher tax rate. We should have 1% lower. Right? And, and they'll argue about things that really are not all that significant. But when it comes to New World Order, when it comes to Agenda 21, when it comes to endless illegal wars, when it comes to empire building, they're all on the same page. right? Uh, according to Carol Quigley, um, this uh, secret societies had some end goals, uh, and one of them was quite literally a global government controlled by the Anglo-American establishment. We'll come back to that in a moment. Uh, he also says, and this is another quote from the book Tragedy and Hope that we have uh, right here with us. Again, you can get a copy of this. Uh, the uh, insiders were very unhappy when this book came out. They actually tried to have the plates destroyed and tried to make sure nobody could get it. But here's a copy, and uh, you can still order them uh, on the internet if you're willing to pay some money. Get a copy. It's uh, very important to have this for people who are interested in the truth and interested in exposing the deep state. But uh, he says also in this book that one of the end goals, he says, quote, the powers of financial capitalism, he's talking about the deep state, had another far reaching aim, nothing less than to create a world system of financial control in private hands, able to dominate the political system of each country and the economy of the world as a whole. This system was to be controlled in a feudalist fashion by the central banks of the world acting in concert by secret agreements arrived at in frequent private meetings and conferences. The apex of the system was to be the Bank for International Settlements in Basel, Switzerland, a private bank owned and controlled by the world's central banks, which were themselves private corporations. Each central bank sought to dominate its government by its ability to control treasury loans, to manipulate foreign exchanges, to influence the level of economic activity in the country, and to influence cooperative politicians. That's on page 324. Are you guys starting to get this? Right? They control the privately owned central banks, and through their control of the money supply, they're able to dominate the economy. And through their domination of the economy, they are also able to dominate the political system of each country. And notice the term he used, a feudalist fashion. Uh, if you remember back to like elementary school, maybe middle school, you might have learned about feudalism. Right? It wasn't a very nice arrangement, uh, at least for the people, uh, the bulk of the people, the mass of the people who basically lived as serfs, right? who uh, basically were not really allowed much freedom and just had to do uh, what their superiors told them to do. Uh, so Carol Quigley also wrote another very important book. He actually wrote this one 
first uh, that discusses the roundtable group. Uh, it's called the Anglo-American Establishment from Rhodes to Clivenden. This was written in 1949. It was only published back in 1981, though, after he died. Uh, and in here, he talks again about this secret society, the roundtable groups, and gives us a lot of information. Uh, he explains that, uh, like many secret societies that have existed in the past and that continue to exist today, it's got an inner core. Uh, he refers to this in the book as the Society of the Elect. So these are kind of the uh, the illuminated ones, the ones who who really understand what's going on here, the broader agenda. And then they have, uh, you know, the people Lenin would have called useful idiots, uh, the, the people around the central core. These are known in the book as the Association of Helpers, right? And so they're just useful idiots. They're just helpers. Uh, a lot of them are actually duped into believing that, oh, we just want world peace. We just want, uh, you know, better for humanity, all this kind of nonsense. Uh, Quigley called this the existence of this secret society and the, and the influence it's had, quote, one of the most important historical facts of the 20th century. Are you getting this, guys? You're not being told this by the fake media. CNN's not going to tell you. Fox News is not going to tell you. Uh, the Wall Street Journal won't tell you, nor will the New York Slimes or the Washington Compost. But they have a plan for a world government. They're using behind-the-scenes machinations, uh, secret societies, lies that are being told to the American people, all in this effort to destroy our liberty, to destroy our national sovereignty. And they tell us that they're doing it, right? I mean, open up David Rockefeller's biography, autobiography. We've talked about this before. His book, Memoirs, talks about how, um, you know, we wanted a one world political and economic order. And he, he says we were conspiring with people around the world, a secret cabal, he says, uh, to build this one world political and economic order. Folks, they're telling you to your face that they're planning to take your freedom and take your country. If that bothers you, and it should, make sure you like this video, subscribe, share it far and wide, get this information out there, guys. The only way we're gonna be able to stop this uh, absent like you know, divine intervention and some kind of miracle is for the American people to understand what's happening and for us to expose this evil. Right. Uh, the Bible tells you, tells us we've got to reprove evil. We've got to expose evil. And if this isn't evil, I don't know what is. Uh, my name is Alex Newman. I'm your host here at Behind the Deep State. Thank you very much for watching and God bless.